Hey everybody, what's up? It's your friend Chase, and I have a message for you. This is important. Of course, it's a, it's important that a new podcast episode is dropping today, and you know you're here at the Chase Jarvis Live Show on Creative Live, and and it's for the community, and all these things are important. But you know what else is important? Money, and money is it's the thing that a lot of creatives we don't like to talk about, right? We feel dirty. Um, we feel, oh gosh, I don't have enough of it, or I have, I don't want to compromise my work. We tell ourselves a bunch of strange stories, but you know what? The reality is that money's important, and what is also important is the management of that. And that is why, on this episode, I have brought on my friend David Bach. So David is absolute best-selling author around the area of personal finance. He does a great job of delivering great messages for creators and entrepreneurs. So if that is the thing you might want to pay attention to, this episode is going to really help you out. So the thing that I'm going to share in this particular episode is this is an excerpt from a lecture that David gave at Creative Live, which blew my mind. The, the, class, the class is called uh, Start Late, Finish Rich. But this particular episode is one that I have handpicked, and it's something that all us creators and entrepreneurs need to know, which is you've heard that you gotta, you know, you got to pay your bills, you got to pay Uncle Sam or whatever tax, tax of whatever country you're in, you got to take care of all this stuff. And then at the end, if there's some money left over for you, then you should feel happy and lucky. Well, that's not the case. What David does in this particular episode is tell us how to very legally shift our mindset to paying ourselves first. And of course, there's tactics we talk about in this thing and in, in this show, but it's also a mindset sh- mindset shift. <laughs> Say that three times fast. That I, it was remarkable for me. And I, it's been a, a hugely popular class, and I wanted to pull this particular avenue. It's about 20-something minutes. It's going to really unlock something for you, I'm sure of it. So I'm going to get out of my way, but before we do, again, it, I'm also planning on having David on back on the show because this particular thing was so powerful. You, you, you have to just trust me on this one. We And you know that we creatives are not great at finance, right? You know that? And even if you are, you can get better. Chances are you're in the first camp, and these behaviors are learned. They need to be learned. They need to be a part of the fabric of the conversation that, by and large, we're not having. So I'm going to get my butt out of the way and turn you loose with Mr. David Bach. And just before we do, just a quick word from our sponsor. Check this out, y'all. This episode of the Chase Jarvis Live Show is sponsored by Creative Life for Business. This is different than the regular old creative live. So whether you love, passionately love where you work, or it's sort of like meh, or on the other side, if it's a creative wasteland and you want to inspire some change in the place that you work, you're not alone. Studies say that three out of four people, that's right, 75% of people say they're not living up to their creative potential at work. If so, I want to introduce you to Creative Live's newest product. It's called Creative Live for Business. And in a nutshell, it's a way to get access to all of Creative Life's content for your entire team and or entire company and maybe bring in some much needed energy and innovation to that team or company simply by going to creativelive.com slash teams. Now, Creative Live for Business is already in service of several of the top creative firms on the planet and a powerhouse list of many of the Fortune 100 top brands. These brands care about creativity and innovation. And you know what? These companies pay for this for their employees. 
So it doesn't matter if you're a team of five people, 55, or, or if there's 50,000 people in the company. If this sounds interesting to you and you want to check it out, either you can check it out or refer your boss to Creative Live by sending them to creativelive.com slash teams. Remember, most forward-thinking companies, they prioritize things like creative skills, like design thinking, leadership, collaboration, wellness. And again, with Creative Live for Business, you get access to all that taught by some of the top instructors in the world on Creative Live. So again, you can visit or send your boss a link to creativelive.com slash teams to learn more. Pay yourself first. Um, these three words, this is truth. Like this is what should have been taught to you by eighth grade. Uh, these three words are the number one secret habit, and it's not really a secret anymore, it is the number one habit that ordinary people use to build real wealth. Like when you go back to the McIntyres and the automatic millionaire, what do they do? They paid themselves first. And what I'm gonna talk about today is that unfortunately most people don't. So there are six routes to wealth. Let's talk about the number one approach to wealth in America today. Guess what it is? Oh, it should be pay yourself first. See, you got all such good students. The number one approach is to win it. So, uh, 70 to 80 billion dollars, roughly, I think last year was spent on lottery tickets here in the United States. It's not worldwide, here in the U.S. You've seen people do this before, right? So, how many of you know somebody's won the lottery? One person, every room, two people. I'm like, three people. Did they give you any money? No. Okay. So. Guys, it's really not a real approach to, to build wealth. Now, the, the amazing thing is that intelligent, educated people, some of you who are watching, are putting more money into lottery tickets than a pay-yourself-first account. It's just sad. It's, you know, it's, it's a tax on like, silliness. So <clears throat> don't do that. Second approach is to marry it. Um, as the great Dr. Phil once said, how's that working for you so far? <laughs> um, you know, marrying for money... Um, Sometimes you pay for it for the rest of your life. So <laughs> third approach is to inherit it. Now, this is actually true. There's a lot of inheritance coming our way. Um, depends on whose numbers you look at, but somewhere between 20 to $30 trillion in wealth is going to transfer from one generation, in theory, I say in theory, to the next generation here in the next 20 years. I say in theory because, look, how many of you now know people who are in their 90s? Yeah, I, I know people in their hundreds. Yeah. So the, you know, if you've got parents right now who are 65, or 70 or 75, there's a really good chance they're gonna to live to be 100, 105, maybe longer. There may not be an inheritance coming your way. The other thing is that if you go home and you see your parents in the holidays and you're like, hey, mom, dad, how are you feeling? And they're like, I'm feeling great. And you're like, oh, God, the person's gonna live forever. Like, you know, that's not good. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna see my parents this weekend, guys. I want you to live forever. I don't care about the inheritance. So, uh, you can sue for it. This is just a sad, sick, disgusting way that people try to build wealth in this country. That's not the answer. You can budget for it. Do I like budgeting, yes or no? No. no. Why don't I like budgeting? Because budgeting doesn't stick. People go on budgets. They fight about budgets. They get off of budgets. Budgeting is harder than even dieting, and I don't really think that dieting works either, typically. Um, it is a lifestyle. It is not a lifestyle sustainable plan. The lifestyle sustainable plan, when it comes to your money, is pay yourself first. And it is a decision, and it is a philosophy, and you really have to just believe in your core that the first person you should get paid on your paycheck is you. 
and you need to be almost pissed off if you're not. It just, that's how you need to be rooted. So what does this really look like? When you earn a dollar, in the real world, who gets paid first? The government, Uncle Sam. And on average, federally, they take about 25 to 30%, so I just put 28 in the middle. And depending on the state, like in California, we got like 9% here for the average state tax. You're losing a third of your paycheck to taxes. And again, the money's taken from you automatically. I want you to think about your money now on a clock. So I'm gonna show you this clock right now and I want you to look at it this way. When you earn money right now, most of you are going to work. How many of you, by the way, if you weren't here, go to work? Some of you at home, like, no, you've got jobs, right? Like, so, so most everybody here in the audience, the studio is working, right? So most people come to work, although they had, these guys had to be here at seven today. But most people are gonna work at nine. And most Americans, you at home, if you have a job, you are working from nine to 12 o'clock on average for taxes. The first three hours of your day are going to taxes, which makes you kind of want to come to work after lunchtime, <laughs> right? Like, so you're like, oh man, if I could just skip those first three hours, but this is real world. Three hours, two and a half to three hours of your day are gonna to go to taxes. Then you're gonna work from one to two o'clock on average for your rent, mortgage, your housing overhead. Depending on the city you live in, like when you live in like San Francisco or New York or Chicago or Los Angeles, this is even more, right? Like it's very common that a third of our paychecks are going, or more, some cases, some cities, it's half of our paychecks are going to housing. But this is sort of like the national average. Then you've got transportation costs. So I'm putting two hours here for rent and overhead. On average, Americans, an hour a day of their income is going to transportation costs. That's your car, your car insurance, your gas, unless today you're using something else to get to work, but that's pretty common. Then from three to five o'clock is everything else, like food, healthcare, credit cards, entertainment, all the stuff that you do in your life, that's the rest of the day. Now the idea behind budgeting is that you will somehow come up with a way that at the end of the day, you're gonna have this little sliver over here to save money. And I'm here to tell you that that will never work. And if you've tried it, you know it doesn't work. You get to the end of the year, there's no money. You get to the end of the paycheck, there's no money. This approach to wealth doesn't work. What works is a pay yourself first approach to wealth. So here's what needs to happen. You need to come in here, and I talked about this in an earlier lesson, and you need to pay yourself first one hour. One hour a day. Now, in your 401k plan at work, Create Alive have a 401k plan? Yeah. Good. In your 401k plan at work at Create Alive and everybody else, it's one hour a day of your income. That percentage wise happens to be 12.5%. Now, I'm not against you saving more than 12.5%. Like if you said to me, David, what about 15%? Fantastic. What about 10? That's good, but it's not an hour a day of your income. 12.5% of your gross income is one hour a day of your income. You save one hour a day of your income, and it's the first hour a day, and you build financial security for life. Does this make sense? Yeah. So what does the average American save? The average American is saving about 15 minutes. 
And that's the ones that are saving. Now here's the, you're like, right, like you're shaking your head, right? It's, it's unreal. So here's the thing that nobody talks about. You're going to work an average of 2,000 hours this year. You're going to trade 2,000 hours of your time for income. Over your lifetime, you're going to work somewhere between 70,000 to 90,000 hours total. And the question you have to ask yourself is, if I'm going to trade all that time for money, shouldn't I damn well be the first person to get paid? Because you almost have to get pissed off about the way things are to make changes sometimes. So like if you're looking at your life and there's like, I, I can't save one hour a day of my income, then you got to go back to your life and you got to go, you know what? Something here has got to be changed. Like if there's two of these, maybe there's one of those now. You know, something here has got to be changed. Something's got to change so that this gets taken care of so that seriously you aren't worrying about money day in and day night. Somebody, you, you just told me that you would have been eating cat food if you hadn't read The Automatic Millionaire 10 years ago. Uh, I want to hear your story later. That, that she told me the break. I'd be eating cat food. Now, you're not going to eat cat food now, right? Uh, and it's this one hour a day of your income. Fidelity did a study recently. They look, they're one of the largest 401k providers. They had 72,000 millionaires in the 401k plan. Want to know what the average amount of money they saved is? 14%. Just a little over one hour a day. Okay, so how much? I gave you the number for women. I'm going to say women at least 12%, men 10%, but really I just use all 12.5%. Why do I say here men, why do I tell women to save more than men, typically? Because you live longer, right. How much longer do you live on average longer, do you know? It's five to seven years. You know, typically you just really don't die anymore. You drink cream juice, you're exercising, and you, you live forever. My grand, I mean, you just do. My, my, I have two Grandma Roses. One of them, my Grandma Rose passed away at 86, and then the other at 97. She outlived two husbands. Um, and they both live long lives, but she outlived two men. I mean, typically you outlive the men in your life. So you need more money. One hour a day of your income, you got to invest it automatically for the rest of your life. That is what you do. Here's the formula people get wrong. Here's what people do. You want to be debt broke? Don't pay yourself first. That one's easy. Spend more than you make. How about poor? Think about paying yourself first. Don't actually do it. Tell yourself someday. <laughs> Not, but you're going to change. Middle class. You know, there's nothing, I'm not against being middle class, by the way. It's cool. Uh, this is the number. Say 5 to 10% of your income. If you're saving 5% of your income, you are not going to have massive financial security. Okay, now, the average 401k contribution in this country is between 3 to 6%. So if you're in here, everybody, some of the people at Create Alive are watching this and got lots of millennials watching this, don't save 6% of your income. Change this today. Well, you know, my, one of my greatest victories was when I did the Oprah show on the Automatic Millionaire I said my goal was to get 10 million Americans to pay themselves first and up what they were saving. And at Oprah, they used to, be able to watch the show live, and so many people that were watching that show live, when it, after I left the building, they're like, 
went down to HR and either signed up for their 401k plan or increased their 401k plan, that the head of HR called the president and was like, what the hell is going on here today? <laughs> and they were like, oh, we had this guy David Bach come here and talk about that. This is what you need to do. This doesn't work. If only thing you do from being here today is I get you to change this, then my day here was worth it. So you pay yourself first. Here's the rich numbers, 10 to 15% upper middle class. Here's the formula for rich, pay yourself first, 15 to 20%. Here's the rich enough to retire early, 20%. And more is better. It's all perspective, right? It's all perspective. You can do this. You decide, but make a decision. Where do I put it? These are the accounts, IRA account. Spousal IRA, 401k plan, SEP IRA, three key plans, IRAs, 401k plans, and SEP IRAs. By the way, that SEP IRA number is $54,000 right now. That is a typo. Really worth saying here, depending on when you watch this, you got any questions on numbers that are here, go to irs.gov, you'll always be able to get the latest numbers. These numbers change every year. These are the catch-up provisions. So if you're over the age of 50, you can put $6,500 away. If you're over the age of 50, you can put $23,000 away. All tax deductible. Now, one thing you have not heard me talk about yet are Roth IRAs and Roth 401k plans. The reason I haven't talked about them is they're not tax deductible. So you can pay yourself first, but you can't get out of paying taxes using a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k plan. You're going to pay taxes first, then you're going to put it in the Roth, then it's going to grow tax-free, then you can take it out tax-free. So the big difference between these two types of accounts is when do you want to pay your taxes? Now, the traditional thought process is use a Roth because taxes will be, high, will be higher later in life when you're older. I don't know about that. It depends on who the president is. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen later. Here's what I know. I've never used a Roth. I like deductible IRA accounts because I don't want to pay tax. So if I get $10,000 and I can put the whole thing into a deductible account, in order for me to put $10,000 into a Roth account, a Roth 401k plan, I had to make 15. Does this make sense? So you just have to decide when do you want your tax deduction. Uh, I'm not against using these Roths. You just have to really understand the math. I would rather have all the money in my account. Yeah, I just had a quick question. There's salary caps for regular IRAs though, right? Not for a regular IRA account. You, anyone can do a regular IRA account. You're thinking about that there's salary caps for Roth IRAs. Okay, yes, yeah, so I got it backwards. Yeah. So for Roth IRAs or salary caps, 90% of Americans never hit those salary caps, but you're absolutely right. Okay. So if you've got a high income, you're making a half a million dollars a year, you're not using a Roth IRA. The SEP IRAs, that's what, I mean, yeah, that's what I need. Yeah, right? I'm going to go to the SEP IRA in one second. Okay. So basics on 401k plans. One, are you enrolled? Use it. Max it out. Increase it. Know the numbers. Okay? Let's talk about SEP IRAs, self-employed retirement accounts. This is the easiest one for you to set up. Where's my camera for the people at home? People at home who are watching, who are self-employed. This is the account for you because it's so simple. You can set up a SEP IRA in 10 minutes. 
at any of those firms I just talked about, Vanguard, TD, Ameritrade, uh, TD, Vanguard, Schwab, who else did I give out? Betterment, Wealthfront, you name a financial service company private and you can open up a SEP IRA. It takes you 10 minutes. You can put 25% of your gross income away. The ironic thing is the government makes it much easier for self-employed people to be rich. You can put way more money away. $54,000 this year. So when you look at like, how do I start late and finish rich? If you're starting late and you're self-employed, provided you use the stuff, you've got some distinct advantages that employed people don't have. You're able to save twice as much money. You're actually able to save four, more than twice. You're able to save four times as much. I'll show you that in a second. Um, but most self-employed people do not use SEP IRAs. And if they do use them, they don't fund them. And the reason they don't fund them is they don't fund them regularly and they get to the end of the year and they haven't set enough, side, enough money aside for taxes and their self-employed retirement account never gets funded. For people in real estate, this is the most important thing that I've taught real estate agents to do is this. My wife is a real estate agent. She works in New York. The moment she opened up, the moment she got into real estate, she was in publishing, I'm like, you're going to have an LLC, which I'm going to talk about later. You're going to have a, a bookkeeper, and you're going to have a SEP IRA. And every time these commission checks come in, we're going to get this stuff funded. Here's another great plan, the solo 401k plan. This plan is actually better than a SEP IRA because you can put it's the same amount of money, but you can actually get more money put away with a lower income. They're just a little more complicated to set up. Solo 401k plan is a one-person 401k plan unless you're married and you and your spouse are in the business. So for a lot of couples, this is a great plan. Uh, $54,000 limit. Because it has, you can put the 401k portion in plus a profit sharing. So you basically can put $18,000 if you're under the age of 50 in the 401k plan, plus you can put 25% of your gross income. So as an example, if you're if you're really a huge saver, on a $50,000 income, believe it or not, you could actually put $29,500 away and not pay taxes on it. Now, this is a really unique thing for um, a lot of times I see couples where one person's working full time and the other partner or spouse is self-employed, but the self-employed business isn't really being treated like a business. It's kind of like a side freelance project and that money's not really being taken seriously. And I'll go like, look, you have a side freelance business where you're making 50 grand a year and you take the money seriously, you could turn around and put $30,000 away tax-free. And in a decade, your family's financially in fantastic shape. So for a lot of you at home, because I'm sure I've got stay-at-home parents right now watching this who have what I would call a side hustle business, you're doing something that's bringing an income you should look at either the SEP IRA or the solo 401k plan. Um, yeah. Does that work for S-Corps as well? Does it yes. no matter what your uh, entity is? That yep, doesn't matter. One more question. Oh. Quick question about the pre-tax, post-tax with the Roth versus this. Aren't you, if you do a Roth, you're paying tax on what you make now. So you pay tax on $1,000 versus paying tax on a million dollars 20 years down the road. Is that true or not? It's not true. It's not, okay. but, let, but let me tell you why it's not true. If you have a million dollars at the age of 59 and a half, 
Okay, that's when you can start pulling money out. You're not going to take a million dollars and pull it all out at once. If you did, then there's no question. Then, then you would be in a much higher tax bracket. But no one does that. What happens with retirement accounts is usually there's a whole bunch of savings in addition to the retirement account. People in the real world tap their retirement accounts last. And then they typically pull out three, four, five percent a year. And so what happens is a person's retired, they have no they have very like they have no income, and now they're pulling out money in between all their deductions, they're actually in a super low tax bracket. That's what I've seen as a financial advisor. Um, and a freelance business, can you do both the SEP IRA and the solo 401k? No. Just one or the one other. One or the other. Okay. Yeah. Um, I gave you the firms before, TD Ameritrade, Fidelity, Charles Schwab, Vanguard. There are other firms. I just wanted to give you four firms. All four of these firms, big, giant, huge companies, all of these firms, you can open these accounts online. You can call somebody. They can walk you through it. I also gave you earlier the robo-advisor, and I want to give that to you again. Robo-advisors, Wealthfront, Wealthfront.com, and Betterment.com. So I gave you six firms, not the only firms out there, just wanted to give you six choices. All right, that about wraps it up. But uh, hey, before you bounce, two quick things. Um, actually, I'm going to go three quick things. Thing one, A, thank you so much for being a part of this community. And I'm not quite sure how you, you landed on this podcast. It doesn't matter to me. The fact that we're all in this together and that we're able to have a conversation is awesome. I feel uh, honored to be in your ears right now and that uh, you've paid attention to what I've been doing, what Creative Live has been doing for some time. And whether it's been a day or 10 years, I just want to say thank you. It's also really important to know on the backside of that that I, I do a lot of responding to comments. So hit me up, on, you know, direct message me on, on Instagram or Twitter or at me. I try and respond as much as possible. So let's have a conversation that transcends me just being in your ears here. Let's try and do it some, somewhere out there in, on the internet land. That's thing one. Thing two, again, I'm not quite sure what channels you pay attention to me and my work, but please go check out. I'm at Chase Jarvis or slash Chase Jarvis or whatever on all the platforms. And it's really important to me. Also, if you wouldn't mind checking out Creative Live, it's something that not only myself, but 120 other committed hardcore badass people come to work every day uh, to build the place where creators and entrepreneurs learn so check that out they're just slash creative live or at creative live all over out there on the internet all right until again uh, probably tomorrow i hope i'll hear you i'll be in your ears maybe tomorrow and i'll look for your comments on the internets bye <laughs>